0: This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on uh, another Monday night. Hope everyone's doing well. Um, hope everyone enjoyed um, last week's interview with Coastal Carolina, defensive tackle, uh, CJ Brewer. Um, had a ton of fun making that episode doing that interview and i hope you guys enjoyed that as well if you haven't listened to it yet please listen to that um cj is definitely a guy that you you root for um really really pulling for him and in his journey to make it to uh the nfl but let's uh <clears throat> let's dive into a plethora of topics like there's so many interesting things to talk about today uh, later on in the episode, I am going to hit hard on Jim Harbaugh and Brian Harzen um, Just the debacles in both of those Situations, but I will get to those <clears throat> Then I'm also starting a new uh, A new segment that I'm going to title coaches corner where I'm going to dive into each each opening uh, that that was out this past, uh, this past cycle going to the person that was hired and kind of the outlook that I see for that program going into the off season, a little bit of a preview maybe into next year, but, uh, just kind of talk about that a little bit. I'm going to start with Lincoln Riley. And I know I've talked about him pretty frequently on here, but do a little bit more of a dive into that. But, uh, first thing I want to talk about, um, interesting, uh, interesting thing that came about, uh, Last week, um, Fanatics, um, the fan apparel site, um, uh, is now going to have a name, image, and likeness deal where fans can buy jerseys, t-shirts, gear with the player's name on the back and the players will get paid. Um, This is something that I feel like is long overdue. Um, as, uh, as it's definitely, it's definitely something that the, that the players obviously going to profit off of significantly, I would think. Um, but I'm all for it. Um, I, I, and I've said before, I think the players should be able to make money off themselves and they should be able to, to do with the amount of money that their institutions are making off of them. Um, they should definitely be able to make money as themselves in this regard. And <clears throat> I will, I will probably be one of the first people in line to buy a, uh, Grayson McCall coastal Carolina Jersey, just being honest. So, um, I think it's a great thing. Like I said, a great thing for the athletes. And, uh, I think it, we no longer going to have that gray area of players selling there like we've seen in the past, uh, it, it, there's too many cases to name, uh, with just athletes selling their uh, game warrant jersey or apparel or what, whatnot. Uh, just, just kind of foolishness that the NCAA would uh, intercede in that. But, but I digress. Um, another interesting thing um, happened this past week. Alabama defensive coordinator Pete Golding. Um, DUI arrest and went to jail, um, for his, for, uh, driving under the influence. And, um, I think it's obviously there's going, they're going to do a deep dive into that Alabama will and the football program and everything, but obviously Golding made a mistake. Um, he owned up to it. I give him credit. He owned up to it, but at the same time, I mean, you did it, so you might as well, but, uh, uh, it's one of. The, it's going to be interesting to see what Alabama does. I mean, you would have to think that this will lead to his termination, but crazier things have happened. Um, and and I'll get to to as I said, two other head coaches that uh, are in deep trouble, in my opinion. But um, but. I mean, I, I don't understand how some of these coaches put themselves in these situations. Um, you you make, in Golding's case, you make a million-plus dollars a year. Like, call a cab, call an Uber. Like, you have friends. Like, don't get in – and just don't get in the car and drive. And that's anybody any, no one should ever do that but someone of that stature it's like you, you have a responsibility and you are an important figure in the world of Alabama athletics and Alabama football you, you just shouldn't be making this mistake you have so many reasons why you shouldn't be making this mistake and it it happens too much. These type of things happen way too often. Um, you, you, you see it more so in the pros, but nonetheless, it, it, anybody out there don't just don't drink and drive. And I, I have to imagine that Pete Golding is going to lose his job over this. And <clears throat> and it wouldn't be wrong if he does, or when he does, but. Uh, just nonetheless, like, just don't put yourself in that situation. Um, another uh, really cool thing, James Madison University uh, going to be joining the Sunbelt in 2022 as an official member. Uh, really excited for JMU and their fan base. JMU has had a fantastic football program at the FCS level, and I'm actually going to be having somebody on the show this week um, for my Thursday interview uh, to talk about JMU and the transition and everything. I'm super excited about that. So that that'll be a long talk there, but um, it, it, I'm really intrigued to see JMU transition. I think they can transition quickly as well. Like this is a <clears throat> program that's had a ton of success. They have fantastic facilities, top-notch facilities, um, a f- beautiful stadium. Uh, I can't wait to visit it in the future. Uh, just, uh, just excited for that um, and what that's going to lead to. And, and and I think JMU. I mean, they're going to the sun. They're going to be in the Sun Belt East. I I firmly believe that they can be in a, a contender. Uh, sooner rather than later now, maybe not year one, but Sooner rather than later. They're going to be fighting for a conference title and uh, They switch their schedule up a little bit obviously uh, having to get rid of some of the FCS games and Adding FBS games and their first game of the year will be a home game against Middle Tennessee. So um, Excited to see that and see how that goes for them and i I think that's a it's a good matchup for them someone kind of at their at that level um that they can win um so excited to see that and what that'll lead to but like i said i'll have someone from j uh from jmu or jmu super fan kind of on the show on thursday so i don't want to dive too deep into that aspect but just wanted to touch on it and uh welcome the dukes to the sun belt Um, is it's a it's a big deal um still waiting to hear on the other three uh marshall and uh southern miss and old dominion Um, that's still kind of up in the air but we'll we'll see we'll see what can happen there then the next the next uh next thing i want to talk about um Obviously National Signing Day was this past Wednesday um, And a lot of teams got better let's just say that But uh, I, I, I'm, I have to talk about uh, the University of Connecticut As everybody knows I have a partnership with Sidelines UConn And uh, just want to take take a little bit of time to talk about the Huskies And what they were able to do And <clears throat> some, some different recruiting uh, sites or networks that are having them ranked in the 90s or 100 range uh, which for for the circumstance that they're coming off of I think uh, is good but I mean the Huskies have a class of uh, some very very good um, incoming freshmen and then some very talented transfers coming in who are going to help a lot Um, but if you're asking me, I, I think this UConn recruiting class should be in the 60s or 70s. I mean this this class should be ranked much higher than what it is. And uh, kudos to Coach Moore and his staff for for what they put together. Um, just <clears throat> for one, uh, they had the most Connecticut signings in FBS history. Um signing seven different guys from Connecticut which is just uh, a big deal and it's the first time since 2001 that UConn has signed both the Connecticut Gatorade Player of the Year which this year is Victor Rosa and the New Haven Register Connecticut Player of the Year who this year is Cam Edwards and the last time they did that in 2001 That Winner was Dan Orlowski who won both obviously Dan Orlowski went on to have a Terrific career at UConn and he's probably the face the face of the program um, If we're being honest, but uh, just just a tremendous job um, by the UConn staff to to not only take the initiative to lock down their state um lock down the cut as they're calling it um but just a great job um to, to get a lot of homegrown talent to stay in connecticut because there there's <clears throat> some really really talented talented players in connecticut um just to just to, just the quarterback class in the past handful of years has been absolutely tremendous um I mean, Will Levis comes to mind. I mean, there's the handful of both Puma brothers. I mean, and there's more than that too. I mean, there's there's been some really, really talented football players in throughout the years coming out of Connecticut. And I mean, Connecticut has to own the state, and to sign seven guys and to get the top two guys in particular to stay home is a big deal. Because as we know, Connecticut's coming off of a uh, a lackluster season, let's just say, and uh, the new staff is just doing a tremendous job. And one one bright spot this year was, and not just this year, but in his, his entire career, has been defensive lineman defensive tackle Travis Jones. I mean, he has been a top-notch football player for the connecticut huskies and he went to the senior bowl uh this week this past week and practice and was lighting it up i mean you should have seen i I hope you guys have seen some of his some of the film that was put out on twitter of just him dominating uh offensive lineman and then in the senior bowl game he played fantastic and and i have to say that he probably upped his draft stock more than anybody at the Senior Bowl. The only other one that comes to mind is Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty, who just, who's going to skyrocket up the board for his performance during the week and in the game. But Travis Jones probably went from being a fourth, fifth-round pick to, I would say, a lock now for the second round. I mean, just a, just a tremendous week. Um, just dom he was dominant he dominated in every way and i think UConn fans know this i've watched i watched every game this year and i've seen a couple of games in the past where you watch travis jones and and he just he his he pops off on the film um and he's a if you're gonna if, if you're gonna say it, he's a P five guy playing at that level, and I mean you look you look at him on the film and the way he performed in the Senior Bowl and you say this is a guy that could play in the SEC at Alabama or Georgia or the like. Um, he was he was a tremendous tremendous player at UConn and double and triple teamed frequently. Um, but it was just great to see him get the opportunity at the senior bowl and practice and in the game to just show how really talented of a player he is. And I know a lot of a lot of UConn fans would agree just how how tremendous he's been for the program and how good of a player he is. And I know everybody's super, super excited to see him succeed. And I I definitely I definitely think he's a lock. As an early day two pick in the draft, if not, if not even higher. I mean, he <clears throat> what he did um, was tremendous. So hats off to him! Great job, and uh, just really excited about the recruiting class of the Huskies rolled in or pulled in, I should say. And then you look at look at the rankings. Um. Obviously very SEC heavy. I mean, it's usually the it's the teams that you would think that are there Um, But Texas A&M Pulled in the number one recruiting class. So that was kind of uh, Interesting to see and then there's the rumors swirling about how much money they've Committed to paying them in NIL deals and all this and that Um, and I mean, let's be honest. Like that's going to be the name of the game now, from now on. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But <clears throat> now I'm going to dive into the coaches' corner segment, um, where, like I said, I'm going to I'm going to look at Lincoln Riley and USC uh, to start. Um, USC is coming off of a season that they want to forget for sure. I mean. Four and eight and three and six in the Pac-12 is is not going to cut it, especially at USC. Um, It's just not uh, obviously Clay Helton was let go pretty early and they they had their issues. Um, Just terrible offensive line play being number one. Um, they they had some significant injuries like Drake London, um, who's going to be a first round pick at receiver. Um, Keaton Slovis obviously obviously has left, so I mean they they're replacing. <clears throat> they they need to replace a lot. I mean they're they're losing a lot of guys. Their um, incoming freshman class isn't anything great. Um. I think there's eight total guys coming in, but the, the quality is better than the quantity in the class. That That is for sure. And then already for the 2023 class, um, very, very early in that, but uh, they have the number one recruiting class right now. So I, I don't think anybody's going to question that Lincoln Riley is going to bring in the guys that it's going to take to be successful. I mean, he did that at Oklahoma um, I know everybody has seen his his uh What he's done with quarterbacks, I mean the guy is a quarterback whisperer if nothing else Um But he's done a tremendous job and Obviously this year this, from a recruiting perspective USC is going to be looked at Because of the transfers they brought in I mean Caleb Williams obviously a quarterback and He's going to come in and he's going to be their guy I mean that's a given But they also got Travis Dye from Oregon And Travis Dye was Tremendous at Oregon I mean, He was Oregon's best running back And then they brought in two really good linebackers Romello Height from Auburn And Shane Lee from Alabama um, Another running back Austin Jones from Stanford <clears throat> um, Cornerback Latrell McCutcheon Is going to be going to be the number might be the top db in the pack 12 then they also got makai blackman from colorado another good db uh, good defensive lineman and tyron talani from kansas state but everybody's going to have their eyes on wide receiver mario williams and quarterback caleb williams from oklahoma but they also got some other wide receivers Brandon Rice from Colorado Terrell Bynum from Washington. I mean they that's what they're gonna be remembered for is this uh, This class of transfers that they brought in. I mean just a really really talented group of guys <clears throat> But the number one thing that you look at from a playing standpoint for USC is they have to shore up that offensive line that, that was one of the huge issues last year. They just they couldn't block anything. <clears throat> I mean, I don't care how... I mean, Caleb Williams is a flat-out stud, and he's going to be an amazing football player. But if he can't stay upright, it's not going to matter. <clears throat> and, I mean, I know he can move and get out of the pocket and other things, but they got to get that right. Um, one, one thing... I've never been a huge fan of Lincoln Riley, but I definitely give him his respect, uh, for what he's done, um, in, in the big 12 winning multiple big 12 titles, but it, it has to translate now to the playoff. And obviously you come to USC and the Pac 12 is, is not what it what it used to be and what it should be if we're being honest um so i mean if we're being honest he has probably the easiest shot to the playoff out of the power five conferences now and that's i'm not taking a shot at the pack 12 because i'm a huge fan of utah what they've done and i think oregon's going to be pretty good this year as well but but it's definitely, it's definitely going to be in his best interest, especially with Oklahoma about to move to the SEC. He's looking at, from the standpoint, and I've said this before, he's looking at it, where can I get to the playoff easier? USC in the Pac-12 or Oklahoma in the SEC? I mean, I think we all know the answer to that. Um, so from that standpoint... I mean, I think he made a smart business decision on his end. Um, the one thing I didn't like um, from him this from recently is his comments on the transfer portal. Um, I, I, I'm not gonna not gonna read his whole spiel that he gave, and I'm gonna paraphrase, but basically he was saying how it needs to be changed and all this and that and. It's going to turn into a mess and a monster and blah 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 but this is also the man who just let's call it how it is poached his roster at Oklahoma by taking the quarterback and wide receiver with him to USC and then All these 2023 commits and a handful of 2022 commits flipped from Oklahoma to USC. So it's like, and and I know those high school recruits aren't transfer portal, but like in this regard, I'm kind of lumping it together because you are poaching another program's roster. You know what you're doing when you do it. Um, so don't don't sit there and try to play this card that oh we the portal the portal the portal well you're utilizing it more than anyone else possibly. USC is the number one transfer class in the country and obviously it has a lot to do with the two big name guys that he brought from him from Oklahoma. So don't so don't try and sit there and say that the portal is wrong or that that there's issues and this and that when you are one of the main cogs pulling it and using it to your advantage and that's what it's there for. It's there for quick fixes and for the student athletes to better themselves. But with the new NIL stuff, it's going to create a whole new monster, and we all know that. But but in this regard, with with Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC and taking a, a handful of guys from Oklahoma and high school recruits, he has no right to say what he said. Now, with with that being said, I, I, I think we can all agree Lincoln Riley is going to win games at USC. He will win games at USC that is a given Um, Just looking into their schedule next year They open up against rice, then they're at Stanford host Fresno State at Oregon State then they got Arizona State Washington State then they go to Utah have a bye at Arizona then they got Cal Colorado at UCLA and they host Notre Dame now I mean if we're being honest you look at that schedule there is no reason that they can't be 6-0 going to the University of Utah now I, I am a huge believer of the University of Utah and I really really believe the University of Utah can be can make the college football playoff but that Utah USC game is going to be for the Pac-12 uh, South title for the division. Um, but you just look at the rest of their schedule and you say, I mean, UCLA will be better. Those last, The last two games at UCLA and then hosting Notre Dame, I mean, can they get the Notre Dame bugaboo off their back? And then UCLA is going to be better. So, I mean, that they, they, they close it with uh, two difficult games. But there's only three, maybe four. Well, I mean, I, I mean you can't put it, you can't like just discount Fresno State either. I mean, they they Jake Hayner's good. I mean, that's a good football team too. Going to Stanford, I mean, Stanford's not. They they're bringing in the best recruiting class in the Pac-12, but Stanford was horrible last year. So I mean, I look at it as, I mean, there's. I really look at their schedule and I say I mean 9 and 3 at worst possibly 10 and 2 11 and 1 um, I think we can all agree in the Pac 12 that you might have to go undefeated to make the playoff but I I mean I'm not going to say USC is going to make the playoff I'm not but the the path is there the path is there because USC has a lot of things that they got to fix other than just plugging in Caleb Williams, I mean, he's gonna help, obviously. I mean, he he's a Heisman level player that they're plugging in, but um, <clears throat> but there's other things that have to be fixed. I talked about the offensive line play. I mean, they're, I mean, they, they got to change the culture, but I mean, they got the right guy to do it. Let's just say that. Um. It, 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 obviously They got the bright lights And everybody's going to be watching So That's my take on Lincoln Riley and USC um, Obviously I'm high on them Going into the year And definitely in the future But I'm not going to say college football playoff Like some of these other people are I'm not going to say that Because I think another team in their division Who they have to go to On The road is better than them so But now let's let's dive into The two blunders of the week and really of recent (laughs) recently First I want to talk about Brian Harrison Harrison Currently the head coach at Auburn Um, obviously it's very public what's going on there So I'm, I'm, I'm not really going to dive too much Into that whole situation um, Just because me, You're a married man for one um, So you shouldn't ever be doing anything to begin with um, But you're also a head football coach And you shouldn't be using your authority In that regard um, To ever do anything like you're doing. Um, the, the other thing I will say is this young woman, um, graduated from Boise state was a cheerleader at Boise state when he was the head coach at Boise state. So I, I, I don't want to start rumors, but I mean, how long has this been going on? Let's just say that. Let's just call it what it is. Um, but nonetheless, let's let's now look at it from the football standpoint. This is a man in a program that has now gone through five offensive defensive coordinators during his one year tenure. Um, Derek Mason just left taking a $400,000 pay cut. To go be the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. And Derek Mason is a stand-up individual from everything I've ever heard. Um, So that tells me that he doesn't want to be a part of that mess. And then they had Austin Davis, who they just hired as the OC from the Seattle Seahawks, who was literally there for a month and just... Is like I I, I don't want to be a part of this, and he bails. And he was ripped by Greg McElroy and Paul Feinbaum, and, which is ridiculous because um, know the facts before you you rip somebody. And and I mean I, I I don't know all the facts in this situation, obviously, but I'm just going off of. What What is being reported? Um, and in these situations, I mean, it's... And with everything that's gone on, with all the people that have left, um, the players that have left, I think I last I saw was 19 transfers out of Auburn. I mean, that just doesn't happen for no reason. Um, you don't lose 19 players. You don't lose five coordinators um, unless something crazy is happening. So... I'm all for second chances but at the same time if somebody is almost making a mockery of your program and your institution then you need to step in and and question things and uh, I don't think he's going to have a job for too much longer but crazier like I said crazier things have happened um Obviously, as a Christian and moral-wise, I couldn't disagree more with what he's doing and what's going on in that situation. But uh, he has to answer to a higher power than even the University of Auburn. But uh, I want to end the episode talking about Jim Harbaugh and for anybody that knows or has been listening to the show regularly knows that I have been extremely hard on Jim Harbaugh, um, have had multiple episodes, um, where, where I and my guest have, uh, really dug deep into him and gone into him and, uh, questioned him his leadership and the program and the direction of the program. So after the season Michigan had this year, I finally, and I I like, and I am a lifelong Michigan fan. I've been a diehard Michigan fan my whole life. Um, Where that recently is kind of my fandom for Michigan is kind of wavered, not so wavered, but it's not as strong because I don't believe in the leadership. I don't. I don't like somebody with a big ego who puts themselves ahead of the players, because I myself, as a coach, um, never did that and never would do that. Um, and and obviously, that's all Jim Harbaugh has ever done. It has seemed recently. That he has been doing better with that But with his actions over the past month um, That changes everything You finally had some momentum going You <clears throat> won a Big Ten championship You played in the college football playoff Granted you were embarrassed in the college football playoff But you played in the college football playoff You finally beat Ohio State it finally seems like you have some traction and some things going in the right direction and you haven't seemed to be putting your ego over the team. But then you decide to go interview for multiple head NFL head jobs. You go interview for a job on National Signing Day. And then you decide, "Hey, I'm going to stay and then I'm going to put on this PR stunt that I'm, this isn't going to be a yearly thing and I'm committed to Michigan and blah, 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 blah. And then you lose your offensive coordinator to the University of Miami. And the things that Josh Gaddis said about the institution and about the program, um, Shed a lot of light into the situation. Um, Josh Gaddis is a rising star in the coaching profession. And if Jim Harbaugh left, should have been the first in line for the head coaching position. And it seems like from all the reports and all the things I've heard from people on the inside, is that it was going to be Mike Hart, former running back. Which, okay, I'm all for alums getting jobs like Harbaugh at his alma mater. I'm all for that. But you have a guy, Josh Gaddis, who is more than deserving and has proven it. Whereas Mike Hart hasn't proved it as a a coach, if we're being honest. Um, But let's get back to Harbaugh. The ego that you have to have to to put put the program through this is head scratching to me and i i like i said you finally had something going you finally had real momentum you finally had real momentum, and then you blunt you just squashed it. You blundered it. It was a blunder of all blunders. I don't blame anyone for leaving that mess, because, okay, Jim Harbaugh, I know you're sitting there and saying, "I'm not going to interview for a head for an NFL job every year." I don't believe you, and nobody should. Because quite frankly, it might be the best thing for the University of Michigan and the football program that you do leave for the NFL. Because you have one of the biggest egos I've ever seen. Ever since he's been there. Making videos and doing different things. Making it all about him. And not about the program. Like you played for Bo Shembecker, who was spoke about nothing more than the team, the team, the team. Well, Jim Harbaugh is not the team, the team, the team. Jim ba- Harbaugh is me me me. and like I, like I said, it would be the best thing for the University of Michigan in the football program if he if he did take an NFL job. I have to imagine that this whole debacle over the past month is going to hurt recruiting. I have to imagine that it will because you lose a rising star like Josh Gaddis as your offensive coordinator who recruits and players love, it's going to hurt you and it's going to come back to bite you. And, like i've said i've been a michigan fan my whole life and i have kind of wavered over the past few years because of jim harbaugh because i don't want to support him like i want to support the players i want to cheer the team on but it's very difficult when i don't trust and believe in the leadership and you finally started to have me on your side after the way this year finished, but then you squandered it. So that—that's my two cents on that. And I will continue to be hard on Jim Harbaugh. Um, as as the the avid listeners know, I will be, and I I will. I will continue to do that. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys enjoy the new segment on the Coach's Corner. I know I didn't like dive too deep into Lincoln Riley just because I've talked about him so much on the show recently. Um, but the, there's a lot more hires that have taken place, obviously. So I'm, I'm excited to dive into that every week um, just uh, just with all all the things that have gone on and in, in, in this coaching hiring cycle just a ton of new leadership in different programs and it there might be a handful more that a uh, one in particular in the sec that might be opening up sooner rather than later but again guys thank you so much for tuning in feel free to follow me personally at coach underscore b will always follow the twitter account at tnt collegefoot1 always feel free to reach out to me. We can discuss things and, uh, always love interacting with everybody. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good night. God bless.